And I know that's tough because there are people in really tough situations and really tough spots. But I just shared my story. I was in a really dark place, like super dark. But I knew enough that I had to like do something different if I wanted to be and to be different. Hey, everybody, it's Colin. Thank you for listening. Unfortunately, I missed this last episode, but Marcus had a very special guest, Shelly Jean Larson, and she has a story that spans many chapters and is still being written. She works with Exit Stage Left, focusing on slaying the villain of lies taught to us and told to us. She's a former dancer. She's exited the industry. She wants to help others who are leaving the tipping industry and who are broke, broken millionaires. Her focus on helping others to become financially, spiritually, and emotionally fit. You don't want to listen to this, so thank you for thank you for joining us. Please like Please leave comments. Please share the episode. It will make a big impact. Thank you. Good day, everybody. Welcome to another sensational session of Strike a Chord Live podcast with my dear brother, Colin Harbour. He's right there in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. I'm Marcus Ellis. I'm here in Pensacola, Florida. Colin, why don't you tell him who we are? We are two lifelong friends with a love of baseball, music, motivation, and inspiration mixed with a little bit of nostalgia, culture, transformation, and fun. And we want you to take the journey with us. This is Strike a Chord Live Podcast. this is gonna be fun as you can see that's not colin (laughs) this is my dear sister shelly jean and colin is on the road today uh he's at a business conference and so uh i asked my dear sister here shelly uh to join me in co-hosting today we've got uh, i mean it's just an incredible session for you today it's going to be impossible to get through it in 30 minutes but first of all i want to say good morning shelly and hey guess what I love you. I truly and sincerely love you. Thank you for being here with me. Oh my gosh. It's an honor to be here, Marcus. Thank you so much. And I love you too. Excited Good. I'm to be on with this show today. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. Uh, let's get a little uh, stuff out of the way real quick. Um, folks, if you want to comment and you want us to see your comment, you need to give uh, StreamYard permission. And I can see my brother Ryan Little figured it out. I can see his name on here. That's great. Uh, good morning, Ryan. I love you, bro. So if you want us to see your comments, just uh, give StreamYard permission uh, to see your account. But I'm so excited because as you can see, Shelly is here. She's with Exit Stage Left, and I know, Shelly, you kind of have a mission statement um, about Exit Stage Left, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, how you got here, and what Exit Stage Left is all about. I don't know. might be scary. Okay. <laughs> okay. We like scary. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a, first of all, I'm a mom of three adults, and I'm a nana to two littles, one, five, one, three. They're all boys and a Grammy to a 10 year old. And when I began this journey, I wasn't sure what I, if I wanted to do this or not, because I left an industry that's a very judged industry. That's a very belittling industry. 
And I was a topless entertainer at a very elite nightclub in Minneapolis for 17 and a half years. And so I tell wow. that to people. And it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I have made it a mission for myself to really not always tell the truth. And so a lot of the truths are half truths. I never told the complete truth. And so those lies, though, had some serious consequences. And it's the lies that we tell ourselves. It's the lies that we tell each other. And we don't realize that the lies also affect, you know, the, the ones that love us because now they have to lie, too. And so it's just this big crescendoing thing. Right. And right. so when Exit Stage Left became born, that was a it, this was a, a big uh, deal to me was to stop the lies that we tell ourselves and that we tell others and tell our families. And so when when I decided that my grandkids, my family means the world to me, I said, you know what, what am I supposed to do? Lie to my grandkids too for the rest of, of our lives? And that's why I said, nope, you know what? It's like a coming out party. <laughs> like literally, <laughs> it's like, no, we're going to go forward ahead. We're going to move forward. And this is an industry I'm super excited about because they don't have anybody to speak for them. And if they do, sure. I don't know about it yet, but I, I definitely want to be that spokesperson for them. So that's, that's where we're at. Well, uh, I mean, that's, I, I'm blown away. I mean, for somebody to be so brave to talk about something that's typically taboo, right? Uh, and, and 17 years is a long time to be in that industry. And I'm, I'm sure you've seen some stuff, oh, you yes. know? I'm sure you've seen some stuff and your mission now, I mean, it doesn't really have anything to do with age. You're just going after any female you can to pretty much save them from themselves and save them from the industry. Is that correct? Absolutely. And I want to be very clear about this though. I'm, I'm not wanting, I'm not here to talk people out of the industry and I'm not here to sway people out of the industry because there, there's many reasons why people are in the industry. And so I don't want to be stepping on toes. This is very, very important because there are people that would find what I'm doing very upsetting to them. Right. And I, all I, so what I'm here for is to empower them, to give them tools to, to leave an industry if they will, or going into the industry. So I left it a broken, broken millionaire. And when I left, I went from job to job to job to job. And I mean, I was even, I had even scoop poop, dog poop for a living for a while. And gotta do what you gotta do. Gotta do what you gotta do, right? And I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't have those circle of people of influence in my life to be able to catapult myself in a different direction. I didn't know the questions. I didn't even know how to ask the questions. And it's been in my last 12 years of self-development that I've really learned a lot of a lot of great detail and how we can really change the trajectory of our lives. So that's really my mission. Main focus is to take these broke, broken people into feeling fit, fabulous and fired up emotionally, spiritually, physically and financially. Like that's that's the goal. Come on. Well, I you know, that's what, one of the reasons why I love you, because you know, we're those do-gooders. We, we want to change the world because of what we've experienced in our lives. You know, you know, I'm a, I'm a lead singer. I'm a rock star. I've gone through the whole sex, drugs, rock and roll thing. And thank God came out the other side. I've been in hotel rooms where there were people not alive. You know, I've seen some stuff too. Yeah. And through the glory of God and through friendships that we have, speaking of which Doug Stutzman is here. He says, good morning to you, Shelly Jean. Good morning. Love Doug. Um, 
through that journey, now I can share that with my kids, with my sons, with other musicians, you know, with young musicians that I run into, like, you don't have to do this. You don't have to go down this path. And I think that's what you're doing. So early in the, the session right now, the, the takeaway is you're not trying to talk anybody out of this. You're just sharing your experience so that they don't make the same mistakes. Correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. I'm going to put up another, um, the, the, those were Shelly's links to Facebook. I'm going to put this one up and it's her Instagram. And then the URL at the bottom, the, uh, healing breast illness.com. Are, are you able to talk about that? Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you for that. This has been a huge topic of conversation and it's really starting to come to life. And, and I want to, I want to go back a few years this, and again, when we talked about the lies we tell ourselves, we have this self-image thing, right? So now I'm in an industry, I'm in this beautiful, gorgeous club. And I'm when I tell you I'm with tens, like these girls are drop dead, gorgeous, beautiful women. And the guy who invented or created solid gold, and I hope I can say that without getting in trouble. Uh, it he his name is Michael J. Peters. He wanted to change that whole image of the stripper industry. Right. That the truck, stop, truck stop stripper. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he wanted to change that. So he made this beautiful, beautiful, elegant club. And so when I went to work in there, these girls are like, I'm like I, I mean, blown away. Like you walk in the, we have red carpet treatment. You know, you walk in, there's this elegant, beautiful, huge, big chandelier right in the middle of the room. And the girls are tens. The guys are all dressed in suits. You know, I mean, it's like a very elite formal place. It was like Vegas style place. Right. right? Absolutely gorgeous. Well, I'm, I come walking in and the, the manager at that time did not, was furious that the recruiter hired me because I did not fit the criteria. Like I was a little, little overweight for them. Not that, I mean, not that I was checking or anything, but for his criteria, I was a little overweight, brand new to the industry. Like I'd only really danced a few times. And so brand new to the industry, all the things. And I'm like, I was like just a super flat chested Midwestern Sioux Falls, South Dakota girl coming into the big leagues, basically. And so I decided to get breast implants because I wanted to fit that crowd. And that's what we do even now. And back then we didn't have social media and now we have social media. So there's all this stuff, right? So the lie I told myself was I'm not good enough. Like if I want to make money, I've got to do something to enhance myself so I put in breast implants. And now during that time, there was a huge lawsuit against the implant industry. And I happened to be in that lawsuit, but I wasn't having any problems with my implants. So for me, and, and this is, and this is what we do. We, we go, Oh, that's not going to happen to me. Right. So I, I'm, I know nothing about breast implant illness. I know nothing about any of these things. Until I started becoming, I started having all these ailments and all these things started happening and I'm now married and we're having a lot of issues. I'm at the, I'm at the doctor's office, like all the time. The doctors are, my doctor even put in his chart hypochondriac. Oh my gosh. Because they could not find anything wrong with me. They took blood tests. They came up fine. They, you know, all, all the things. And, and I, I kept telling my then husband, I was like, I'm telling you, it's got, it's got to be these implants. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Something is, something's off. And that's the only thing that's different 
you know, and is these. So 12 years ago, I'm going to, this is going to be a little, little quick share. Yeah. So 12 years ago, my husband, so we found out, so my 18 year or my son, my oldest, when he was 18 years old in 1999, um, had fallen off a roof, broke his back and paralyzed him from the, from his nipples down. Whoa. So forward, he, we found out he had a kidney failure and his life expectancy was a year and a half. So during that time, my husband decides to leave me for a friend in our group of friends. My okay. son dies. It's actually coming up on his 12th anniversary of his passing coming up in a week on March 9th. And he died the day before his 30th birthday, which I got to tell you something. He, his whole life, my son told me he was going to be 29 and holding and he died the day before his 30th birthday. It was like the craziest thing ever. So I love that. Like, I really love that. Like he just knew and, right. and it was, he was just such a blessing anyway. So that happened. My husband leaves. My daughter's pregnant, loses a baby girl, miscarriages. I have a, my middle son was in prison for unintentional murder. I find out I have cancer. They do have to do hysterectomy, all the things. And all this happened in an eight month period of time. So I literally got my, my stuff handed to me. I couldn't catch my breath and I just became very severely depressed. Well, as one thing happened, yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, and then I slowly, okay, my head's like going into my thing here. As I slowly became uh, aware of things, I started plugging in. I had a great friend that reached out to me, asked me what was going on. And he plugged me into uh, a network marketing company just so I could get products to get myself some energy to get out of bed. And it worked because I don't like taking drugs. I haven't taken drugs. I don't drink. I went through treatment when my daughter was only uh, six months old. I haven't drank or did drugs since. And even though I, I, I did this whole industry sober, hung That's out with insane. Rock, yep, I hung out with rock and rollers sober. Like I, it, it is insane. Is we we well, it is, but it isn't because now I go on stage completely sober. I mean, and have for many many years. So go ahead. Isn't it incredible? It's a whole different thing. And I love it. Like I love waking up. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And so anyway, I, I then was like, okay, you know what? So my son passes away and all these things and, and this happens. And now I decide I'm like, okay, I'm still feeling, and I'm not gained a lot of weight. And I have these red blotches all over the whole right side of my body on my feet, like this ridiculous. My kids are like, mom, why are you wearing a long sleeve shirt? It's freaking like 90 degrees. I'm like, dude, look at my arms. Like I am not showing this off. So I decided to get new implants. So I got new implants 12 years ago. And oh my gosh, all the symptoms of everything from my old implants disappeared. And I lost 50 pounds. I had my energy back. My, um, my libido was back. Like all the things that that the breast implants had stripped away from me, my new ones gave me life. So I was like, I knew it. I knew that it was the implants. And again, until they weren't. And I went, oh my gosh. So a few years ago, I started having symptoms again. Like, and this time though, it was worse. The bread blotches started coming back, but now I'm having brain fog, like really bad. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And again, sick, 
can't get out of bed. I'm lethargic. I have, no, I have no stamina. I have nothing. Like it's literally sucking the life energy out of me. And I said, I said, it's got to be these implants again. And gratefully for me, I found a group called uh, Healing Breast Implant Illness with Nicole. When I went into this group, there was 60,000 women. Today, there is over 170,000. So wow. there cannot be 170,000 of us that are wrong about breast implant illness, right? So when I shared my story, six of my girlfriends from that industry have all explanted. And they've all experienced just a myriad of different um, circumstances of different illnesses. And with me, it was that the last the last moment for me, I had walked out of a grocery store in my in my area that I go to all the time. I park my car in the exact same space. I'm a creature of habit. And I could not for the life of me remember where I parked my car. Like I had no clue where I was. I had no clue. And I knew that but I didn't know what I was doing. It was like so bizarre. And then there was a couple of times too, where I would go to take a drink of cold water, especially. And it literally would asphyxiate me. Like it would close my throat and I couldn't breathe. I thought I was going to die. And I was like, Oh my God, get these out. And can I ask you a question? Yes. do. Cause I'm a dude and I don't understand. Were they leaking? No. it, it was just the plastic. It's the, so the every, yep. So every single implant, this is the misconception. People are like, oh, gummy bears are safe or saline is safe. None of them are safe. And here's why the outer covering has to be something. And they're all silicone. They all have a silicone outlining because you can't have your bags break. And the silicone is strong enough to keep them from breaking usually and, or not even usually, but there, there are toxins in there and our bodies aren't meant to have foreign objects in it. So my body was rejecting it and was trying to get them out. And it, and what it was doing is it was creating havoc on my body. So two years later, I got them done two years ago, this last January 28th. Yay! And I call myself a breast implant survivor as I, as I am. And this is something that we, as girls and, and, and again, social media, like the Kardashians, all these people that post all these things and do butt implants and do all the things, you know, create this freaking stage for young women and, and girls to want to be and do things differently. And it's like, you know what, if you could just find it in your heart, just to accept who you are and love you, who you are, like you wouldn't need to be doing all these things. And that that's where I'm at with this. I'm like, as I remember like I said, I wanted to be like those other girls. Like I wanted to, I wanted to be that. And, you know, from going from this frumpy girl coming into a 10 nightclub, I ended up being their entertainer of the year, three years in a row. Like I was one of their top, top girls. Right. So I went from this, you know, I, I tell, I just told a friend of mine this yesterday, I went from an ugly duckling when I was a, a kid too, to a swan and then I thought it was something until I walked in that club and I'm like, um, I'm nobody. It's <laughs> like, like, no. And then I, I morphed into a whole other being during that, during that time. So, you know, we talk about rock and rollers and stuff too. Like it was, it was, I got to live that life. Right. Right. Cause that's those two, those two go together. So I got invited to every single show, never paid a dime for any show I ever went to ever. 
you know, I got to date some of the coolest people, you know, I just had a blast. Like it, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, now I'm like, I just, I have some not great, not great connections anymore. Now I'm morphing into a whole different thing, but what I really would love to do is really speak at schools and talk to these girls before they were like, Oh, you know, I want to, to put themselves in situations that they absolutely necessarily do not have to be in, you know, just the things, just to give the tools. And that's where Exit Stage Left came in, you know, just so I created a safe space to talk, to come and chat and listen to other people that are in the industry. We're all in a private group. That's my um, Facebook at Exit Stage Left. And it'll be, it, it, it's a safe place for people to come and can learn from other, other girls that are in the industry and yes, we are all older now, but again, like you said, Marcus, it's so that, you know, cause we are older and wiser, we've been there and it is a whole different culture right now too. I mean, when I came out of it, it was beginning a very me, you know, nobody wanted to listen and, and I'm going to do it my way. And it's like, you just like bit yourself because we knew how to make money without having to do the things that these girls do that made it a negative thing in the first place when we were trying to change that industry you know, into a more positive, more fun, like I said, Vegas styles type thing. And so that that's where that's where we're at. That's amazing. Well, you know, I have you know, I have two young daughters. I have an eight year old and a four year old. And in our digital social media age, you know, obviously online, we only see the good stuff yes. and we only see the fake stuff. And so there's this horrible situation going on with young people, not just women, but especially young girls that they are shamed. They're, they're made to think that they're less than by a fake picture out there. So I believe it's just vital and I commend you and I love you. And I think it's amazing to get out there to tell these girls, like our dear brother, Bruce Pulver, who's here with us says, you are enough. You are enough just exactly the way you are. So any parent that is watching this, Go tell your daughter or your son, you are enough. Any grandparent, go tell your grandchild, you are enough. You don't have to, you know, I mean, and I, I'm going to say, I mean, I've got tattoos all over. You don't have to get tattoos. You don't have to get piercings. You don't have to get implants to be something greater. All you have to do is be you. Now, the tattoos I want because it's me, you know, I'm showing, I'm expressing that, right? But I, I'm just so grateful for you that you can do this and put this out there. And there's, you know, we have hundreds of people watching this and listening to this. What would you say to, first of all, a parent? And then secondly, what would you say to young up and coming girls, you know, in a nutshell, like if you had, you know, a minute with somebody, what would be that message? Oh, thank you. That's a great question, Marcus. To dive in, you know, you're, you're on social media anyway, go find the positive things, something that you can fill your mind with really great positive things. One thing that the biggest lesson I've learned in all of this from 12 years, like, and, and again, is I started, I did start, I, Tony Robbins was my very first book I ever picked up. I just started putting in some really great positive things, right? Affirmations, they do work. And then you execute them. Like just go to the people. And again, we didn't know, right? So I just gave you one YouTube to go find positive affirmations, to go Tony Robbins, uh, Napoleon Hill, like all these different people. They're older. There's a reason that they're so successful 
and have have taught millions of people because they know what they talk about. So don't think that, oh, because you're older, you know, no, it's a, it's a great place to get rid of the negative to fill your brain with positive. And it really does work. Once you really start filling yourself with really good, positive things, those negative thoughts and feelings do eventually start to go away. But you got to surround yourself with the right people. And I know that's tough because there are people in really tough situations and really tough spots. And I just shared my story. I was in a really dark place, like super dark. But I knew enough that I had to like do something different if I wanted to be and to be different. And gratefully, I had a friend that reached out to me and really, um, excuse me, catapulted me in that direction. But I, I was already picking up the books. I was already looking into into YouTube, like looking into the different ways to make me feel good. So I highly, highly encourage people to do that and stop listening to the people in your circle of friends. Like you've got to go outside of your circle, even the adults. Even adults, like if you're struggling with anything right now, you've got to just reach out and get into a different space. Well, I, and, and I love that. I, I want to dovetail into that. But real quick, you know, that's how you and I and, and my dear brother, Michael Huey, who I dearly love is here and, and Bruce Pulver and Nat Banks and Doug Stutzman. We all came together by chance. And that was through Rise and Grind with Glenn Lundy, who we all dearly know and love and we all came together. Folks, you can go online. You can go into Clubhouse. You can go into Facebook and Instagram and find a tribe that is national, worldwide. You don't have to resonate with, with your environment that, it, that you didn't choose, that's around you. You can go out somewhere else and find people that support you. I mean, this morning, I texted our dear brother, Anthony Hart, and I said, I need a buddy. And we're going to dovetail into this because I want to ask you about your faith. But I, I, I texted him and said, I need a buddy to help me purify my heart, to sanctify my body, to simplify my schedule and fortify my faith. And he immediately texts back and says, of course. So I wouldn't be here in this situation quitting a W-2 because God told me to. Somebody prophesied to me on a Zoom call that if I did the thing, he didn't know me. He didn't know what the thing was. He just said in the middle of the Zoom call, God is telling me to tell you to do that thing and he will reward you doubly. It exactly happened last year. I left my job and in exactly a year, I had doubled my income from my W-2. So faith is everything. Yes. So I, I would, once again, put you on the spot and I don't think it's putting on a, a spot, but in the five minutes we have left, will you please describe your faith and your spirituality and your relationship with Jesus and God and how that helps you? Oh my gosh, Margaret, you just gave me thrill bumps. I love it. So for me, first of all, too, that was another big thing, too, is that I want people to understand what I did in my profession is what I did. It's not who I am. And while I was in the profession, I, I told people, I'm like, I go, God wouldn't allow me to be here if he didn't want me to be here. He blessed us like immensely. Like I took great care of my family, took care of us. Like we lived abundantly. Like it was amazing. And and then there was a point when I left the industry and I'm going from job to job and I'm, I'm, you know, doing all the things. I went, oh, my gosh, that wasn't God that did that to me or for me. That was Satan. And so I was like, because when I, my husband left, my son died, my daughter lost her baby, all these things. I walked away from everything. And I was teaching fifth and sixth grade Sunday school. I was doing all I was doing incredible things. I was on a 
on on a on the church board. I was working with uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, like doing doing all the things. And when life happened to me like that, I was like, I was furious with God, angry and hated him. And I walked away from everything. And I was like, nope, I'm going to do this on my own. And it was same thing. I was introduced to Glenn Lundy's group. My cousin, Larry, actually put me in this automotive group. I'm like, I'm not automotive. And he's like, he's like, because he goes, I just want you to stay there. He's like, because you put, and this was the other thing. I put something positive on my post every single day. Because that was one thing I could live into, even if it was for a minute. And and so he's like, you always put posts or posting these things. I want you in the group. And it definitely has changed things. And my faith is be- one step led to another. My faith has become very, very strong. I truly believe in God right now. And I know that God now really did have me there for a reason. And it was for a season so that I can sit right here right now and talk about it and to encourage other people like I said, to, to begin to live their lives feel, coming from broken, broken. It's like being on the pulpit where I'm at, right? It's like I'm on a stage. I was on a topless stage, but now I'm on this stage and, and I'm full of love and, and hope for these women and men to, again, become, like I said, fit, fabulous, fired up, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially. Like I am so excited about this. Well, I mean, I'm blown away. And I think we have so much more to talk about. So I'd like to invite you to come back, especially when Colin's here. We can do that next week or whenever um, because we have so much to talk about. Um, But I can tell you that normally we don't have as many people on as we have now. And we normally don't have as many comments as we have now. So this is obviously resonating with people. And right here, this is the future, right? That's that's May May. And in the future, and I don't want her to go through that. Now, I did love the point that you said that God put you there for a reason, and that's true, so that you can share your experience with people. So, you know, I, I, I'm I, a big baseball guy. You know, I'm a big baseball fan. That's why I have my Pensacola Blue Warriors hat on. And the commissioner of baseball is changing all these rules, and this dude never played the game in his life. How can he change the game without even playing the game? How can you share your story in this industry if you weren't there? Exactly. You went through it. You lived it. You've experienced it. And, and real quick before we go, you said you were a, a broken millionaire. Did, were you really a millionaire from that? Oh, I absolutely. You're kidding me. 17 years. Think about that. 17 yeah. years. Well, first of all, a normal age for a dancer is like seven years. They're kind of in and out. Right. I was in the same club, same city for 17 and a half years. I, I think Pretty sure I probably could be inducted into the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest. There are other entertainers that have done it that long, but they've been to other clubs, have traveled, you know, done all things. But I've been in the same club. Like I was their staple. Like I didn't go anywhere because I had family and I did and I was married. And that's the other thing. See, people don't ask the stories. They don't ask the questions. They don't even find out who you are. I was your neighbor. Right. And and you judge me. You didn't know, you didn't know anything about me. You know, when you found out that's what I did for a living, but you didn't know who I was. You didn't, you didn't stop to, you know, find out who I am. So there's two completely different things. So that was the other thing I highly encourage people to do too, is, you know what, stop judging and ask, find out what their stories is. Cause the girls that I worked with went to school, one became an NICU nurse, you know, another one became an artist. Another one is a, a, a head burlesque dancer like she she's like one of the top burlesque entertainers in the in the whole country 
you know, and I mean, it's it just, there's so many different people doing so many different things to my friends became construction owners, you know, so don't discount us. Like, don't, you know, stop doing that. Stop judging. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing that I want to bring up and we really got to go is that you were comfortable. You got complacent, right? You, oh. you had, you had everything you needed. Yes. And even though it wasn't good for you, you were comfortable. So I want to implore to everybody, if you're comfortable in your position or if you're comfortable in your life, get uncomfortable. That's what I did when I say I jumped out of the plane at 30,000 feet without a parachute when I quit my W-2 because I didn't have a whole lot of savings. But here I am a year and a half later. I just took my family to Disney for 10 days. Right. You know, uh, you it, yeah, it's scary. It, it's uncomfortable, but the reward is so much sweeter on the other side by being obedient to God's word. Yes. And you get, you definitely, this is where I stage left is that you have to, you, you got to have a strategy. You've got to have a plan. When you leave that industry, you leave one stage. Where are you going after that? Right. Cause the next big thing is coming. We're li we've lived it through COVID and a lot of that industry didn't even get to get a paycheck. And I hate to, and I'd, I'd hate to see this happen again. Not just that, but the tipper, the tipping industry, all the serving industry, all of that. So that's where Exit Stage Left is here to assist in getting you to the next place. So you got to have a plan. Again, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially, you got to have a plan for all four. I love it. I love. It. I don't want to stop. So, uh, by any chance, are you available next week? <laughs> I am. I would love to come back. If you'd like to come back on Wednesday, that would make my life easier. Yes. Uh, yes. But we'll have you come back, and Colin will be here, and we can, you know, briefly go over this. But I really think I know. I know that you have so much more to offer, and so many takeaways for females in the the adult entertainment industry, and for folks who are young women or uh, mothers who have just had children who are considering getting breast implants. Oh gosh. Yes. I mean, that's so common, right? I just think it's vital for you to come back and share your story. So I just want to thank you for being here with me. Um, you have so much going on and folks, there's banners. Please follow Shelly um, on YouTube there. Um, if you would, please do us a favor. We're trying to build our uh, Strike Accord uh, live YouTube page. So it's youtube.com backslash at Strike Accord podcast. We would love for you to follow us there. And then if you want to find all of our links and places to follow us, uh, this is kind of like a link tree, but it's beacons and it's Strike .live podcast. So Shelly Jean, I love you to life. I'm so grateful that you came here. Let's do it again on Wednesday, shall we? I'd love to. Thank you so much. It was an honor and a pleasure. I love you, Marcus. Thank you so much. Well, I love you too. And I uh, can't wait for uh, next week. Yes. <laughs> All right. We'll see you.